0: Hi, this is Alexis, and welcome back to Don't Stay in Your Lane. Today, we have Didi Martinez, who's an associate producer at NBC. We'll talk about her experience as a first-generation student to moving to New York and working for the news. Hi, Didi. Hi. How are you? I'm doing
1: well, you know. It's getting cooler these days in New York City and other parts of the world, so, you know, everyone's bundling up and ready for the holidays.
0: I'm so happy that you're here. I kind of wanted to share before we get started that D and I have known each other for quite some time. I wanna say, what, like junior high, high school.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't remember even where we met though. That's the sad part. But I do remember knowing each other for quite
0: some time. <laughs> right. Maybe it was banned. I don't know. <laughs> I think it might have been banned, yeah. yeah. I'm getting little flashbacks here and there, but um I remember we were bonding about a lot of things, and I think one of those things was uh, you know, being first generation students and you know, as we go into don't stay in your lane and how we talk about, you know, navigating this world and getting into these careers that, you know, especially as first generation students, we have like no idea what we want to go into, or, you know, our parents aren't necessarily the prime people that we go to for career advice. So that's, yeah, I I just want to get into it. And but before that, too, anything that you want to, like, you know, tell our audience before we, we get into it?
1: Yeah, no, well, thanks for having me, number one. But, uh, you know, I guess one of the things that I kind of really want to keep in mind is, you know, and this is a given everyone kind of paves their own path. And so I think one of the biggest lessons I've learned throughout my career and also in personal life is that like, not everything is as high stakes as you think it is. And I say that kind of because I feel like there's a lot of young people out in the world who kind of feel like, if I do this, I won't get into a good college. If I do this, I won't, you know, get a job. And it's like, well, you know, life takes a lot of turns. And you never know, you know, there's kind of one of those things that like, you know, if you're Christian, or even if you're not, it applies as if you know, you make plants and God laughs. (laughs) And that's kind of one of the things that I've learned a whole lot throughout my life so far.
0: Oh, yeah, I I feel you there. (laughs) And, you know, with that, I I wanted to briefly mention, I think it's a good segue into getting into how you got into your career. Is, you know, one thing I remember about you is how much you loved writing and you were so, so good at it. And I can't remember if I read one of your essays going into college or not, (laughs) but I just remember being like, wow, Didi, you are an incredible writer. Because I remember we were studying for like the SAT. We went to Starbucks that one day. Like, it's all coming back to me. Oh, yeah. So with that, I mean, how I wanted to start off with like, how did you even I mean, I know you loved writing. That's what I knew. But how did you, I guess, get to that point? And then, you know, walk us through how you decided to like what your major is, or like, you know, did you go from high school to college? Did you do community college first? Like, I just tell the world your journey.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, I think one of the things that I kind of did to get to where I was and how I kind of chose to get into journalism in the first place is really having, oh, you know, as much as I could with my junior high self, like a kind of talk of like, what do I like to do? Who am I? What's the best fit? And I've taken admittedly way too many like career tests when I was younger trying to figure that out. But as you said, I loved writing and kind of part of that I knew from the very start that I was more of a creative person, one that liked to make things happen. But then I think when I started thinking about what else I like talking to people, I really like knowing things first and then sharing in that look of people surprised, like, oh, my goodness, I didn't know that you know, and of course, I like traveling. I mean, who doesn't? So I thought about what career would get me there. And, you know, with journalism, I mean, that's kind of half of the equation, right? Because you think you like something, and then you're like, well, am I actually kind of like good at it? You know, or do I even like it once I've actually started applying it? So I think that's when I really got into internships and kind of like little fellowship programs, even ones that I was not a like, Did not meet the age requirement? Because at least when you're younger, these journals or programs have an age requirement. So I would apply anyway. Just be (laughs) like, I hope they, you know, the youngest person that they accept.
0: (laughs) Right, wow. And so let me see, let's like, So when you were in high school, okay, so you mentioned these career tests, were these tests something that like, you felt really helped you and they were given to you by like a class that you took? Or was it something that you were just like, you know, was it something that grew from within when you were younger that you just knew? I don't know, like, for me, I always like to Google everything. Like once I figured out and discovered what Google was, I was like, Oh my gosh, I can Google anything. And I might get an answer. (laughs) How did you navigate that?
1: I think some of them came through school, but admittedly, I think the bulk of them were exactly like, as you had said, like, you know, in the good old days, of slow internet, I would like get on my like family's computer and like type in like, you know, career tests, right, and take a ton of them. And then like, I had a 17 magazine subscription at the time. So like, they always have those where you like kind of work A, B, C, D, and then you find out what you are. And then it got to the point too where there were times where the test didn't give me the results I wanted. And I'd be like, dang it, like, why am I not in the journalism category? So I also kind of like, in the end, sort of manipulated test where I'm like, okay, well, it's clear I want to go into journalism, if like, I'm not getting this, I get upset if I don't get the same results every time.
0: Right. Okay. And a quick question, how did you even know journalism was a career, or a, like a major at university?
1: Well, I think my university had a good, like, they kind of picked the university based off of it, whether it had a journalism program, I kind of was willing to overlook at the time that they didn't, but I definitely wanted them to have a school newspaper. But, you know, I think when I was younger, it just kind of came within my mom, like everyone in my family watches news, you know, given it's like, you know, and like all these like, like, Spanish like, the news uh, outlets. But I did know that existed. And I did know that they, you know, were, people did pay attention to the news at some level. Maybe not the level, like levels of tension vary, but I did know it was a career and I did know it was important because, I mean, why else would my family be, you know, going on at 5 p.m. to turn on the TV and not letting anyone talk until the news was over?
0: Oh, uh, yeah. It was like las noticias, las noticias, which means news in <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I remember. I still do. Oh, okay. That makes a lot of sense. And that's awesome that you like, you know, I don't know, I love that you from the start, I remember you loving something and really just pushing for it. And so let's talk about that. So you graduated high school, and then you went into college. And how was that experience for you?
1: That was really good. I mean, it's so weird, because I have such like, different feelings now. Like, what is it? I graduated in uh, 2018. It's been like mm, three four years I, guys I'm not great at math <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm thinking it is and you know that's why I'm a journalism major um and not like an engineering major or whatever but yeah so it's been a couple of years out and I think one of the things is it's so weird because at the time I dedicated my life and soul to the student newspaper like I took it as seriously as a nine to five like job you know and I, even if it came at the expense of my social life and i It wasn't that I didn't have a normal, you know, college experience and I have friends or I didn't do other clubs, but it's weird because looking at it now, you know, in where I am, I'm like, well, you know, like that wasn't the end all be all. You had a lot of other good things going for you with internships and just who you knew and like, you know, you being a hard worker and being dedicated to the set. Arguably you didn't need to like dedicate so much of your time to like thinking that the student newspaper was gonna be the reason you get a job at NBC, for example. It's a little bit weird, but again, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? Like you you don't know that until you're going through it and you get different pressures throughout life and different messages for different people telling you how severe your actions when you're young are.
0: And when you were in college, you know, did you have a mentor? Did you have someone that was really like integral to your journey and like even getting you know those internships and stuff because I think a lot of people maybe listening you know I didn't know what an internship was until I got to college and what that even meant and I had someone older than me go and tell me kind of how to you know how oh you have to you should do an internship and I was like oh, what's that? Like, am I going to get paid for it? Like, you know, so how did you get introduced to to that word? And then you mentioned fellowships as well. Like, um, can you talk a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, the thing that I've been very blessed with and I probably will always be grateful is that I always had people who took me under their wings, people who, you know, had coffees with me, you know, and now I think about again, as I'm older, you know, these people were like 3040 years old, having conversations with like a 13 year old being (laughs) like, tell me everything, you know, I can imagine the dynamic being so weird, but they were so eager, and they never treated me like I was just a little kid, they really took my questions seriously. And my like, Ask for advice, seriously. So I did have a lot of mentors, I did an internship, and in, I did like, kind of like two tours down in Washington, DC, and down in Texas. Well, I, I came from Texas. So like, I also got some help from people who are from my hometown paper. And also like, you know, the Houston Chronicle, you know, I was very blessed by being part of, you know, kind of like early young reporter programs. So maybe like for the summer, but they would like, publish a student publication in the time we would meet a journalist who would give us kind of like the tricks of the trade
0: <laughs> that's awesome and a quick question so did you reach out to these people were they did you find them through like the high school program or like how you know because how did you even know to ask or did they come to you like that's so interesting I didn't know this
1: <laughs> yeah no I think You know, some of it came kind of like through programs where like at the end of each session when they would speak, they would hand out their business cards and be like, don't be afraid to reach out. I would like value those little cards, like gold (laughs) in my little purse and, you know, like collect them and be like, I need to reach out to them. And then some of them kind of came like, you know, as you knew more people, they'd be like, oh, well, you know, I don't cover crime. But if you're interested in crime, I have a colleague who is interested in crime, or I know someone in another publication who is more versed in that. So let me give you their email. And you know, it's a standard. It's always a little bit awkward, the whole like, Hi, you know, my name is Dede Martinez. I am a student <laughs> interested in journalism. I would love like 15 minutes of your time. Yeah, you know, everyone knows you know, the networking works. But that's kind of how I got into it. It was a mix of, you know, cold or even cold reaching out, I guess, like, reaching out to people out you know, who I didn't know, like I would find their emails online. I think one time I Reached out to the DC bureau chief of ABC News and I was like, Hi, you don't know who I am, but I would like to work for you. Oh, <laughs> and I, he must get a ton of emails and he was very gracious and he did like forward my email over to someone who was in charge of kind of like the desk assistant hiring. And it was just like really interesting. And I was really grateful that, you know, someone of his now I recognize of his busyness and, <laughs> you know, I guess like power. Oh, even open email of like, you know, an 18-year-old well, I think I was 21 at the time. 21-year-old kid who was like just like I want a job. Please give it to me. I'll prove myself.
0: <laughs> but but I think that's so important for, you know, the audience hearing this, like you do have to like I always say don't put your foot in the door. Put your whole leg if you can. Like reach out and you know, try to like get them to know you because I always say, oh, you know, sometimes that cold calling doesn't work, but sometimes it does and like one thing that I always say is show interest because like, who doesn't, you know, someone's like, Oh, hi, can I learn about this? Or, you know, I'm interested in blah, 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 whatever I do. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, someone's interested in me. Like, Yes. Okay, cool. (laughs) Let me tell you what I do. And that's sometimes how you find incredible mentors. (laughs) So that's awesome that you did that. And that, you know, it proves that it does work. And I think when it comes from a genuine place, like, you know, you show that you do. And I wanted to ask too: where did you ever like, submit or attach sample work? For example, is that something that you did? Um, Or was it just like, I want to talk to you.
1: <laughs> no, yeah, all the time. I would, you know, I even built my own little Wix website at the time. <laughs> my little yes. coding self, I, there's no coding, but you know, I like to think I was like, that was my only foray into like computer engineering. But <laughs> I made my own little Wix website and spent so much time. I even spend weekends, like, you know, decorating it and putting my samples in and writing a good bio and tweaking it and retweaking it. So that's what I would do. I would like either attach email samples of you know applications called for it or i thought it was just easier for them to see like two pieces or i would like be like here's you know my cover letter or my resume but also if you're interested here is my website and i had like little business cards from like kinko's like printed out with my my little wix website that's amazing i would hand it out to people be like call me
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, I love that. Okay, so you have all this going on, and so you're in college. And then how did you get into NBC? Like where was there like a turning point or what happened? (laughs) Well,
1: I think that was kind of part of my tour in DC. So I did, you know, Baylor in Washington is what they called it. Mm -hmm. And at the time I had applied to the DC Bureau in Washington, you know, Washington, DC obviously. And over there, I worked for the political unit. It was an interesting time to be there, too, because that was, like, during, like, the Clinton-Trump election. And so that was, like, a really interesting time because, like, my internship felt right during that time where people were, you know, getting ready to cast their vote and vote for the next president and just kind of, like... Seeing kind of the culture and the way people worked and the questions people were asking, you know, advance of, you know, the next president was really interesting. So I worked for the political unit there and I did mostly digital writing, but I also got to see, you know, what it took, like their broadcast arm, like what the people in the broadcast unit were doing day to day and how they went about their work. And I had really good mentors also in the political unit they were like Carrie Dan and Mark Murray and they kind of like run the show there. And they're just, again, incredibly busy people who I just like so honored would even open their door and be like, you know, do you want to talk about, you know, what you want to be doing in life, like how you can get better, like to schedule a time with me. I I want you to get the most out of this internship. And that meant a lot to me.
0: Wow. That's amazing. And so you go there and then you, you come back and like, when did you start applying for the NBC position, and like, how did you also go into like figuring out that title? Right. Cause like, I think something that, like, from personal experience, like, I didn't really know titles, like, oh, yeah, you know, the traditional careers, but it's like, how do you go about choosing that title or like, you know, being a writer or versus a producer or, you know?
1: So, yeah, like, I guess like my example in, is a clear example of like, you think you know what you want in the moment, and then you get into it and you're like, well, this is actually pretty cool, right? <laughs> and so I kind of came in thinking I was going to like write for the Washington Post or the New York Times, which I mean, you don't know, like life go- is winding <laughs> and big, right? But I had thought that was going to be the case a clear print digital trajectory. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, I graduated college. I got to this thing called like the News Associates program, which is kind of like the NBC News page program where you just tour the different shows, but for news. And so the idea is you tour different places around the news network for about a year, and you kind of like see what you like, you develop your skills, you're kind of like more to it's like a fellowship, essentially. And that's how I fell into I did a tour in the digital arm. And I also did a tour with the investigative unit. And ultimately, that's how I got into the investigative unit.
0: You're part of that is amazing. So tell me more about that. And you had mentioned when we were Speaking earlier, you know, not thinking you were going to be, like, this writer, and then you got into being a producer, like, can you tell us a little bit, like, the major difference, or, like, what's something you super enjoy about your role now?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, with the investigative unit, it's really unique in that, like, a lot of people know a lot of things, like, they know a lot of people in the unit know how to report, You know, they obviously like know how to write for digital. They also know how to write for broadcast. So they're kind of like a hybrid role. But, you know, a big part of my trajectory is just kind of the broadcast part as well. Especially because as an associate producer, you help a lot. You help with the reporting, but you also help with the management of like, okay, let's get this on TV. Let's, you know, get this ingested, which means it's like converting like the outside footage into our turtle systems. Let's get this cut let's, you know, talk to the shows about when they may want to air this. So there's kind of like a different workflow there. And that's kind of how I got into that. And I thought I wouldn't enjoy it as much as I do when I first like was told like that was part of the job part of the researcher and then associate producer job. But the more I realized that it was just my own discomfort. I think I was just uncomfortable because for so long, I knew how to write and I knew it could be better. But that was kind of a thing like, okay, like, just keep writing keep writing keep writing and then they're like wait a minute no you have to like produce too and I was like oh my goodness this is so scary what are what are these systems how do I cut like what if I go in the field and something explodes like I don't know I just it was very doomsday scenario and now I recognize it was because I was afraid of what I didn't know
0: right right wow okay and I think that's so important because I think sometimes we're like no you know we stay comfortable and I think that that was a really important point to make is that sometimes we don't want to be uncomfortable, and but that's when we grow the most, when we're placed in these situations where you're almost, you know, forced to learn something new. And that's awesome that you ended up, you know, enjoying it and I guess, you know, loving it. I hope that you love <laughs> what you do. It seems like it. And I'm, and I'm so, so happy because, you know, sometimes I know many people that are in a job or in something that they don't really enjoy. And so I, I really you know, good for you for always asking the questions and placing yourself in in these situations. What's like something super cool that you think or that you've experienced in your job or that you think is like, I don't know, maybe not traditional about like what you do on a day to day?
1: You know, I think one of the interesting things about in this very specific to the, you know, investigative unit, and a big privilege is that, You know, with investigative unit, we get to work with a lot of like heavy topics, very in-depth topics. And I guess like traditionally the way it used to work, I don't know if it still works this way in print. You don't really get into investigative units until you're a very seasoned like journalist. You're like uh, probably like 20, 30 years in, you know, just because it takes a different skill set. it, It obviously requires a basic journalism chops right and even like for example some of the topics we you know touch sometimes we do stories on like military or national security or you know international relations those kind of things again are sometimes more reserved for like what people would consider like more seasoned veteran heavy hitter journalists and me as a 25 year old right I've been able to do stories on those topics. So that's really, it's been very interesting. It's been very nerve wracking too, because I mean, not to say that, you know, things don't matter. Uh, They always matter. Getting things right always matters, regardless of whether it's someone's name, or it's, you know, national security getting, you know, (laughs) getting like facts right there. But I think it does bring a different kind of pressure when it comes to things that take a little bit more time and maybe take a little bit more. I guess, trust from the source that you're speaking to, because a lot of times with the topics we report on, these are people's lives, like these are people who sometimes are going against their best interests talking to you and are really trusting you. And I've I've been told that a couple of times too by the people who do talk to me for stories, they're like, I trust you.
0: Wow. You know, and and
1: that's one of the things that it's like, great, but also puts a whole lot of pressure, because I'm essentially a stranger, you know, and if I don't, take you seriously. If I don't handle things as a professional in the way I should, I could very easily, you know, put you in danger, or, you know, ruin your life. I mean, we don't we really try to not and we try to think we think about it over and over and over again about the ways we can protect our sources. But that's kind of a really big weight on your shoulders as a journalist that people say I trust you.
0: Wow, that's incredible. And kudos to you for (laughs) I'm sure that that's that can be kind of heavy sometimes would that be a right term to or like a right word for that
1: <laughs> yeah yeah no it can get very heavy again it's not really unusual where you know a story airs and then they your source want to keep contact and tell you about their kids and like that's the other thing too that it's like well you know there's a professional line there too so but at the same time they you've probably been in contact with that person for a couple of months now and they've bared their soul you've asked them where the bodies are buried sometimes so like I totally understand so it's again trying to remain a professional at all times you know and kind of keeping a balance there that's so so interesting and so it's not just in my job getting to know people you do have to know people you've known me since I was young right like I can know people really fast I'm pretty extroverted but it's also like getting to know people fast and getting you know Asking deep questions and some making them feel comfortable—that's a challenge sometimes.
0: Wow. Yeah. No. For sure. I mean, I look at our friendship. If we, I know that we we don't exactly remember when we met, or like, but I think that if anything, you were probably the one who reached out to me. I was so introverted at one point. <laughs> And I definitely remember feeling super comfortable and, you know, just, I don't know, I, like I was like, wow, I want to be her friend. <laughs> I want to talk to her. And then next thing you know, I'm, you know, going to a school dance with you and you're the whole like group of friends. <laughs> so I definitely, and it's awesome that you get to like, you know, you've cultivated that about yourself, like throughout your journey, which is really neat to see. And I guess it's a good kind of segue into going about. Talking more about like your your mentors and like those relationships with people, you know, as you got into your career, can you, you know, talk about that and maybe like the best piece of advice they gave you or like, you know, what advice you would give your younger self too?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, again, with the question of my mentors, they, you know, were so great. And I think it's interesting because all of them, I think Out of all of them, the one that probably is the most meaningful and it was like a five second interaction, but like most meaningful to me in terms of like interactions, not, you know, obviously like the people because everyone has been incredible, but is I remember one of my first like fellowships was like a little fellowship where they would bring kids in high school to New Orleans. And I remember like that was like the first time I had flown like as, you know, I guess someone older than like five years old because they remember like flying when I was like five or six so it was like the first time I had flown since and they had flown me out it was a free program I had to write a whole essay to get in and I just remember like it was such a cool experience but I do remember feeling somewhat out of place I looked around and I didn't really quite see any other Hispanics and I also you know kind of felt a weird you know, sense of shame, because I knew that I if there was a program where I had to pay to go, I couldn't afford it, you know. And so that's one of the things where I just felt, I guess, like maybe the journalist who was a who worked at the LA Times at the, you know, at the time, she I think she saw my discomfort. And she was like, you belong here. She's like, you I see it, I see it in, in your eyes, you're gonna make it in this industry. And maybe she didn't really know. Maybe she was just <laughs> trying to comfort me because it looked so uncomfortable. And I was probably like, you know, I wasn't talking to anyone. I, I was nervous about what the rest of the camp would look like. And so that really meant a lot to me because I, I think she probably, you know, she gave me the encouragement I needed. And I don't know if I would have quit journalism that early just because I felt uncomfortable. I probably would have gotten over it. But that I remember that a lot. I remember that moment a lot. And, you know, so that's that kind of thing like, Eventually, all of us become mentors. And we think that we have to give this grand advice about, you know, very technical aspects of the job, which is true, it's very helpful. But sometimes it's even just words of encouragement that you should give people because we're all kind of coming in, not knowing what we're doing, we're all nervous, maybe again, like, you know, as I had said, There was kind of like a socioeconomic aspect of it that I was having a hard time dealing with and just kind of like not seeing anyone that looked like me either. That was kind of like a thing I had to get over. And I just needed someone to say a kind word like that to me to really get me back to like, no, yeah, I belong here. Yeah, I'm going to keep trying. You know, I'm going to prove you right.
0: (laughs) Oh, I love that. And, you know, maybe we can talk a little bit more about that because the fact that you said, you know, there aren't people here that look like me like, I think that ties into just don't stay in your lane, right? Like, you you know, because I'm also Latina, I guess we didn't really mention that in the podcast, (laughs) you know, or at the beginning. But it's definitely hard to walk into a room and not see people that just look like you. And, And it doesn't like, I really didn't notice it until I went to college, right? Because I think in in our community, we had more of a diversity. And then we left and, you know, we went to these four-year institutions. And we're like, oh, man, like, why am I like the only brown one here? (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, let's talk about that a little bit. You, how did you find that, like, I want to say, I guess, grit or resiliency to to continue to keep, you know, going into these rooms where people didn't look like you, where, you know, and I think it's very important to also touch up on the fact that, okay, if you didn't have, I mean, if the program costs money, you probably couldn't do it, right? So like, how did you really navigate that? What, I don't know, was there something that made you just, yes, I'm going to do this? (laughs) You know, how did that come about?
1: Well, I mean, For the latter part of your question, socioeconomic, I think it's funny because like things are just, as I'm talking to you, things are like coming up. I'm like, oh my goodness, I did do that. I remember like writing in my letter, like legit verbatim, kind of like, if you choose me, your money will be well invested, (laughs) like very like something along those lines, you know, because I was aware at the time, again, you know, what money is and how much things like this cost, you know, and part of that, again, came for the fact that I probably could not afford that experience if I had to pay for it you know but I also was aware that like you know they didn't want a kid who was just like using it as a free trip or you know we're just not going to take it seriously so like that's kind of been my approach to all opportunities is really trying to prove myself but proving myself knowing that I am taking the place of someone who you know might also deserve it and really taking that seriously And so, like, that's kind of how I navigated that. I I think it made me a better person knowing that, like, what money costs at an early age and, like, what lack of money could do for your quality of life. And just kind of that high-end awareness really, I think, made me a better kind of, like, a better worker, but also, like, a better person in life. Yeah. And, I mean, I think in terms of, you know, not seeing people in the room who look like me, I mean, it was both, like, kind of, like sometimes a bad blessing and a curse. I mean, it was so interesting too, sometimes like getting to inform people of like my culture and where I come from. And, you know, like it was really nice kind of like showing them a kind of like being somewhat like the representative, even though like, I, you know, what does that even mean these days? Of so being like the Hispanic representative, um, unfortunately, because you are the only person in the room, but it's also, yeah, again, an opportunity for other people to learn from you and you to learn from them. You know, but there is that thing that goes unsaid is that sometimes you feel as if you have to work twice as hard to prove that you deserve to be there, and so that is a thing too that really kind of weighed on me. It's like and probably why I probably worked as hard as I did, and now I feel like I didn't but and now I understand why I probably felt that pressure too like it was I felt like I needed to prove myself and beyond because no one else looked like me, and you can't help but think again in an early age, you really can't wrap your mind around why. So sometimes you have that seed of doubt of like, oh, like, you know, is it, am I not seeing more people like me for a reason? You know, you get all these seeds of doubt and you don't really quite know what to make of it. So you just have to kind of push ahead.
0: Yeah, no, I feel that on a very, very high level. And that's amazing. And I wanted to ask you too, is there, like, so you you talked about words of encouragement being very, very important. And what would you say to someone who maybe doesn't have that? You know, how do like, were there times where maybe you didn't have that? And how did you maybe navigate that? And how, the, you know, and, and then also like, well, actually, let's talk about this first. And then I have another question.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I think, ultimately, I think one of the things that's a good trait, and people don't talk about enough is, you know, taking people's words and kind of taking that into account, but also being able to choose for yourself. And so that's one of the things I remember, like, I'm making it sound like a breeze, but like, and you were in my same high school, but I got teased mercilessly by being like, (laughs) taking myself too seriously. I remember like I had to pass around the student newspaper, people would crumple it in front of my face or be like, oh, she's everywhere, like stop. Or like, I remember like two guys at the time had told me, you're never going to make it in journalism. I don't know what you're doing. Like in high school. And I remember, and it's funny now to me again, by the time it was not funny. I like, I remember crying because they had been so mean and told me that. Like, why would you say that? You know, I'm taking myself very seriously and I really want to break into this industry. Why are you telling me I'm not going to make it? We're in high school. (laughs) So, you know, it's like, what do you know? So, and and the same thing too, like it's easier said than done, but really knowing what you want. So like, yes, they could say mean things. But by that point, I was all like, you know what, watch me, you know, watch me do, do it. it. But also too, like, I remember when I told people I wanted to get into journalism, again, because I was Hispanic, they had thought I wanted to go into Univision or Telemundo or some Spanish news outlet. And there's nothing wrong with that. They're great journalists, great outlets, you know, I would be honored to work for them. But it was I knew early on that also wasn't the path I wanted to go. I didn't want to just, you know, go to a Spanish speaking news outlet, I knew it would have I want to very specifically go to an English speaking news market and work there. And I think that's also what, you know, arguably if I had got Telemundo Univision or some other Spanish speaking news outlet, there would have been more people that look like me. So that's, but I knew again, that's all kind of goes to taking what people say, but also ultimately knowing what you want to be and like, no, like I want to do this and really just going for it.
0: That's awesome. And Mm -hmm. I guess on that end, so I know high school because oh, oh, high school was high school. <laughs> so you get you go to college. Were you happy that you took yourself very seriously in high school? And, you know, and like that aspect to then going into college and really, you know, taking it to heart and taking it seriously there. Like, do you think that was something that really, really helped you as you moved up in your career? Yeah,
1: I mean, I think like I only regret it. Like, again, taking myself too seriously from like the social person aspect of it. But I don't regret it from a professional standpoint. I mean, I was very lucky that for my student newspaper that I worked for, really, like, they just said, whatever you want to do, consult us and, you know, do it. Do something that's never been done before. The sky's the limit. At the same time, they did remind us, like, yes, we're a student paper, but our words and the things we publish have consequences. So that was so key because the thing is, like, I think mean, that's what made me ultimately a better reporter, too. And especially with the investigating, and it is like no detail is too small to get wrong. And that was a very big lesson I learned in college. It's I like, I can't remember. There are probably a couple of times where I probably you know, drop the ball as a college student, where she's like, you got this fact." my advisor, she'd be like, you got this fact wrong, you know, or make another call. And I'd be like, like, why, you know, like, (laughs) it's close enough, right. And now I think about like, no, like, yeah, she was totally right. And the thing is, like, she was right to tell us, like, you know, we're not just students writing a paper for funsies, or, you know, especially as we learned throughout these years, sometimes the student papers are kind of like, the main source of information or the main source of access to larger national stories because, you know, for whatever reason, other outlets can't get in as easily or as fast as students' papers can do because they cover that all the time.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Now in your, in your current role at NBC, what's something that's been very, like, challenging in that aspect or maybe something you experienced that you want to share?
1: Try to think with NBC. I think – One of the challenging things with NBC is just kind of, and it's not just specific to NBC. It kind of goes back to like being unafraid to like take on things because the thing that people, I think what you don't get, maybe this is the case in every other company, but you know, with NBC, one of the things that struck me is like, again, Associate producer means one thing on the investigative unit, but it means a different thing on nightly news. It means a different thing on the Today Show. It means a different thing on MSNBC. You guys have similar jobs. But like, for example, if I went to work for MSNBC and associate producer, my day would look really different. And I'd have to be okay with sitting in that discomfort of like, you know, learning a new job. And ultimately, you have to trust Whoever hired you, because obviously, yeah, they're not dumb. They know that you probably don't know some things about how things work, but they see something in you. They see some skills that make them believe that you'll pick it up quite fast and be an asset. So that's kind of one of the difficult things This happened a couple of times where we and then basically, you know, we work a lot with different shows. And like, they're like, hey, put this in the blah, 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 as if we, <laughs> I know what it is. And I'm like, excuse me, like, I, you know, I'm sorry, you know, but I actually don't know what that is. Can you walk me through it? And it's also doing that. too. like, I think we think that sometimes the teach a man to fish approach, you know, we're like. You know, people taking time to teach you stuff as opposed to them doing it for you is a thing reserved for like before you enter the workforce. But that's been super helpful for me is like asking people to teach me how to fish, essentially. And, you know, sometimes they're too busy and I understand. But a lot of times they're more than happy to do it because chances are like they get more tired of doing it for you than teaching you once and then you doing it yourself. And the interesting thing is that because of that, it kind of like multiplies, right? I learned, they teach me, then I teach my colleagues and then they teach their other, you know, like people. And so like, that's kind of one of the things that I found really, really helpful and still to this day is really kind of the humility of it all and telling people what you don't know and asking them to fish, asking you to teach you how to fish. And, um, you know, really going about it uh, very gracefully.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, and I love that because, yeah, sometimes, you know, and people want to sh- like almost like I say, show off their skills. Like, of course, they want to show you what they know. And when you're grateful and like just appreciative of that, I think that can take you a really long way. And so you're, you know, you're in this role now. What would be like the ideal, like future role for Dee? <laughs> right. Where do you see yourself? you know, well, happy, right? <laughs> but- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Happiness first.
1: Happiness first. <laughs> well, no, but seriously, though, like it's so weird because like, again, not to get all weirdly philosophical about it, you know, and I acknowledge some of this is a thing of privilege, you know, that we've, you and I, Alexis, have been like made it like pretty well, you know, and we in life with, and we definitely have seen the fruits of our hard work up to this point, but you know, the pandemic has really taught us that work is important, but life is too. The work, the life around it is too. And having good boundaries are necessary. And, you know, making time for friends and family is necessary. So like, that's a weird thing that happened. It was happening before pandemic, but more so after the pandemic, I realized like, you know, like I'm a good worker, but I'm more than that, you know? (laughs) But I mean, ideally, like, you know, I think too, I just kind of see my job in terms of opportunity, right? Not so much title. Like, yeah, like I'd love to be a producer one day, you know, or a senior producer or some kind of thing like that. But (laughs) ultimately, I'd love to keep reporting interesting stories and stories that have impact on people. And, you know, traveling and meeting different people, um, you know, especially in the age of COVID, I miss kind of face to face interaction because a lot of times I'm on a phone call and just the difference of physically being there and for the person you've been talking to for weeks or months makes such a difference. And they're able to see like, oh, like, you know, there is a human at the end of this because in news, like. most people don't have experience with the news a lot of times you can seem kind of scary and I understand the hesitation of people talking to us but whenever you show up and you're like no I'm a human just like you I have feelings just like you and I like I'm not coming here to deliberately cause you harm if anything I come to you because you know I feel like you could really tell a story that others can't.
0: I'm so excited to see like you know, you as your career unfolds and everything, because it's been so interesting. And I'm so happy that I finally kind of got to sit down and, you know, we made a podcast. It wasn't even just like, hey, let's talk about, you know, how you've been and let's catch up. And, you know, but I got to hear your story and, you know, hopefully a lot of people hear this and get inspired and and know that hey like you can do this and you know it's okay to take yourself really seriously because I got that comment too and and, you know there's always a balance but you know it's definitely a lot of hard work and you know navigating this world that is so new to us right like like I said we didn't really like go into into the first generation in depth and stuff but you know we're in a whole different world than our parents and navigating this world. And, you know, I guess we kind of took a more traditional path of high school and university, but all of that in between is not traditional at all, especially for people like us. So I love that for you. And I guess to kind of close the podcast, what's, you know, a piece of advice that you would really give the audience? And it can be, it doesn't just have to be one if you have like a couple of things.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, given so many, like, little, hopefully, like, other useful pieces of advice along the way, you know, I guess, like, it's so cliche, but, you know, I think one of the things that's really struck me is, like, don't be afraid to, like, mark your own path and do untraditional things and do things that make you uncomfortable, but also don't forget kind of, like, the basics, right? You know, I can't tell you how many times, like, general like kindness has gotten me somewhere or even like I'm so grateful I you know all through high school I've been working since I've been 15 but I worked at like Chick-fil-a and then I worked at Nike and I worked all these like retail service jobs and it believe it or not like the skills I learned there sometimes are just as useful if not more useful than my very specific journalism skills just because like sometimes with my job and I think I'm sure in many other jobs just being able to like people manage and deal with people and understands people's frustrations in the same way you would encounter them whenever they don't get their, you know, their sandwich the right way <laughs> or you won't accept their return purchase has really been helpful. So, I mean, I guess like, again, very cliche, but like don't undercount like the other lessons you've learned that maybe are not very specific to what you've gone to college for or, you know. You've been told you need to make it in the industry because some like at the end of the day, you have to deal with people and people, you know, people skills are just so crucial.
0: Oh, yeah. I you know, that reminds me of something that my dad said to me. He said, Alexis, no matter what the job, it'll always the job itself will never be as hard as dealing with the people. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, that's so true. <laughs> he knew. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, no, it's crazy. But, oh, well, thank you so, so much. And I'm, I'm so happy that we got to, you know, in a way, catch up. And this felt a lot more fun than, <laughs> than oh, you know, just be on the podcast. No, I love this. And I am so excited to see where you're going. And, you know, I hope that um, everyone listening just coming from me that I've known Didi for quite some time. She's incredible, super humble, but she is a go-getter. Like, if it's one thing I know, it's like, you know, you want something, you're going to go get it. And just thank you so much for being a part of Don't Stay In Your Lane today.
1: (laughs) Thank you for having me.
0: (laughs) Okay. Bye. Bye.